Some of y'all want to call it. Some of you want to end the race right now on the third day of the month. I saw a lot of you on social media last night saying, <laughs> end it right now, Kevin Sperry, KREF Recruiter of the Month for the month of November. And it's hard to fight that too much. I mean, he's, well, he's got quite the case. Bill Biedenboe is going to have something to say about it this it'll, month It'll be sure. between Sperry and Biedenboe right now. <laughs> Feels like a mano-a-mano battle shaping up. Uh, the Carl Albert Sooners will be taking the field tonight on KRefSports.tv as they take on Piedmont. You can watch that tonight. Four Carl Albert commits uh, for the Titans, man. Uh, it is uh, insane what OU's been able to do there and you still got one more offer in the 2025 class that you have out there as well. We'll talk about that. But what a nice surprise last night. Double dip at Carl Albert. Marcus James, not a huge surprise, but a great get. And then Trene Washington just gives him the opportunity to commit at the same time as well. And how did that all come together last night for the uh, two Carl Albert products? Because that was, that was cool. I don't know if I've seen that before. I know. Wasn't it for, unique? For OU commit. Yeah, it was very, very unique. Yeah, well, Trinade just wanted to surprise people. And he did. obviously he and Marcus are close. They're teammates. And they both kind of arrived at their decisions on similar timetables. They knew where they were both going. And I, I will say, like, and I had I'd done an interview with Trine the night before. And I had a heads up that it was going down. He did a very, very good job of making sure that nobody else knew. Because as you'll notice, Tyler, there were no predictions. No. There was no smoke on social media. There were no texts was- yesterday. I mean, and, and, and that's where a lot of the rumors, like if there is a rumor out there, we'll, we'll often see it on the text line, right? No one even mentioned Trene Washington's name yesterday. That was that that was that was a secret. Not and and, and really like, if he was sitting up there at the table with Marcus James, you would have thought, okay, is something going on here? He was uh, sitting off to the side uh-huh. with everyone else. And it was funny, Marcus James, I don't know if you watched the Instagram live video of his announcement. Someone was holding Marcus James' phone or, you know, something on his own Instagram live. And you could hear the people around were like, wait, what? What's, what's, unless they were part of the act. They sounded pretty surprised when Trinae Washington steps up and puts on the OU hats. Well-kept cool, secret. A very well-kept secret. Something that is increasingly hard to do in this age of recruiting. But Trinae Washington kept everybody in the dark until the moment of the announcement. Uh, listener in the 402 says, Parker, didn't you say Washington was the one from Carl Albert? OU might have a tough time getting because of position. Yeah, I, I, I truly believed... And still do that. Like out of the four 2025 prospects at Carl Albert, Washington was going to be the toughest to convince to commit to Oklahoma, just because, well, wherever you put him, he's going to be one of many, right? Like if he plays linebacker, he is one of many linebackers. If he plays tight end, he is one of many tight ends. And so, uh, Marcus James, you heard the comments from him if you were listening earlier in the twelve o'clock hour. That dude's been an OU fan his whole life. Wasn't hard to figure as soon as he yeah. got that offer that he was coming home to Norman. Trine, to me, was always going to be the most interesting case. And the fact that you now have him on the board in November of his junior year suggests that, well, <laughs> you're in very good position to go clean sweep at Carl Albert. Yeah, and what position Trine Washington plays when he's at OU, it's kind of, we'll wait and see, we'll figure that out. But it was a no-brainer 
for OU to still pursue that and offer him. Bob Stoops is on with the rush, on with us every single Tuesday, right? And he's told us a, a couple of different recruiting stories where maybe some of his position coaches didn't want to commit to a certain guy because they were unsure about the fit. But there were instances where Bob said, hey, look at his measurables. Look uh-huh. at what kind of athlete he is. Let's just get him on campus and we'll figure out that part later, okay? I'm not worried about that. That's kind of what I think of when I look at Trinae Washington. Six foot four, 210 pounds, at least that's what he's listed on rivals. And of course, that he's going to be heavier than 210, I'm going to guess, when he ends up at OU. So that's probably what the staff is thinking a little bit. Like the measurables are there. I don't know. Offense, defense. Whatever, we'll figure it out, and he'll be a good player somewhere. This is a great text from Peyton. You think he was a bigger OU fan growing up than Dalton Cooper? <laughs> I don't know if he can be. Dalton Cooper's talking about the, the, the thing that they care about the most up there is their color orange. And Dalton Cooper was even throwing shade at that back six, seven years ago. Another 405 listener points out, Alex Shield Night, November 10th, commitment day. Yep, yeah. Next Friday. Yeah, so OU currently um, in the 2025 class in states. They now have five of the top ten committed. And if you get Alexander Shield Night next week, which looks pretty good, you'll have six of the ten um, before you even get to the month of December, before you even get to signing day which for the 2024 wild. class. Which is wild, wild isn't it? Because, like, consider that Oklahoma didn't even have a 2024 commit until March of this year. Oh, yeah. Now you're on track to have darn near half of your 2025 mm-hmm. class on board before the 2024 cycle is even wrapped up. That's what I'm saying, man. What are we Way gonna, ahead of the curve. What are we going to talk about next spring on this show? I huh? hope we have a dramatic recruitment or two. <laughs> I, I hope we have hope a really so dramatic well. one. Jeez, 25% of the class is going to be Oklahoma kids the, the way that it's looking here. I hope Kevin Sperry pulls a Peyton Bowen and takes 15 unofficial visits to Texas A&M. I don't uh, actually hope that, and that would never happen. But. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I can get there. But no, it was a double dip at Carl Albert last night. I can't remember another time where you essentially got two players at the same commits. Like you, you've gotten maybe two players from the same school on signing day before, but a situation that we saw last night where it was a complete surprise. That was uh, that was very unique, and I bet like all these Carl Albert kids and their career at OU will kind of be tied together, their story. But maybe even more so Marcus James and Trinae Washington a little bit too, since they committed at the same time. But no, nah, that was that was neat. Five of seven. You've got seven commits now in the 2025 class, and five of those seven are Oklahoma kids. And you've got the number four overall class in 2024. And buddy, you are just right behind Notre Dame. Right behind Notre Dame at number three. And if you get Alexander Shield Knight next week, then you might be the number three class in 2025 so they're getting an early start there uh things are going well i need i need you to read this text because you'll read it in a far better accent than me okay oh well hell three got a little bit of wiggle for him but he doesn't know how to pay for his parking tickets (laughs) that's the other thing everybody's buzzing about right now. as soon as as i said wiggle i thought uh, because it all it is is a quote they didn't say which voice they wanted but as soon as i saw wiggle i'm like yeah they want the they want mike gundy right there yeah, there is a um, – I mean, it hasn't been a very well-kept secret today, but um, someone did tweet out that he was I'll, – I'll, I'll just let you take that. Like, what's the, <laughs> the current situation here with Jalil Farouk? Jalil Farouk, in technicality, was arrested last night by Norman PD. It is not – it is not a situation that is derived from any – 
intentional criminal mischief by Jalil Farouk. If you if you if you understand the facts of the situation, you come to understand that basically he's just not a very good driver. Which, as Brandon Drum was mentioning, yeah, is Brandon to be expected was, for a DC kid. Brandon like, was like coming after his driving there. That was, it was, well, it was I, funny. People don't do a lot of driving in DC. Like that's just the way it is. And so Jalil Farouk, evidently not a very good driver because he's had several minor uh, infractions. Nothing that's like put anyone in danger, but more just oh he hit a curb. Oh he didn't yield to an emergency vehicle. Which by the way, I. Never mind, I shouldn't go there. That's just going to start in a, a, a very, very heated regional debate on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, and I don't want Oh, to. about Oklahoma drivers or East Coast yeah, drivers? Yeah, about Oklahoma drivers. Oh. Never mind. I, I won't go there. Wow. Not going to go there. Yeah, fascinating. Go there. Don't want that smoke from the text I line. Don't, I, don't, I don't think it, you're, you already committed. To, I mean, it's already there, but man. It, it, in essence. What, what happened? In essence, Jalil Farouk is just not a very good driver. And that's how we ended up here. It is one giant nothing burger. I do not expect it to affect his status for Bedlam substantially. Now, he maybe he doesn't start. Maybe you sit him for the first quarter, just like as a... a they won't start him at running back tomorrow. That's the big joke that's out there. <laughs> yes, And exactly. it is funny. It is funny. Maybe you sit him for like a quarter just to like show him that, hey, everything matters. Regardless of how trivial and minute this is, it's not something that can happen because it's bad PR for the football program. But you're not going to shelve a guy because he's a bad driver. You know. Uh, here's what Eli Letterman reported. By the way, if you just want to say Nebraska drivers are better than Oklahoma drivers, just just say it. And, okay. I'll, and I'll let the text line do the rest. Okay, I don't even need I'll to say, say anything. I'll say it. Well, I won't say that. I will say people are worse at driving the farther south you go. 405-651-3439 if you would like to comment on what Parker just said on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Eli Letterman uh, tweeted earlier, can confirm that OU wide receiver Jaleel Farouk was arrested in Norman last night. Norman PD pulled over a vehicle driving erratically with an expired paper tag and arrested Farouk on four outstanding municipal warrants. OU did comment on his bedlam status, so we'll see... Uh, What's going on there? Which basically all you said was, we're aware and we're handling it internally. So we'll handle it on Monday after the uh, big game on Saturday. Big football game coming up on Saturday. Oh, boy, somebody in the 405 says, I don't need a man who drives a white buffalo to lecture Oklahoma on how to drive. 405, if it's such a nothing burger, why don't you guys just quit, quit talking about it and it'll go away? Well, If we quit thing. talking I, about it, it'll go away. I don't think that's really how it works. Well, like, And we've gotten so many texts about it over the last couple of hours that we kind of had to talk about it. Trust me, yeah. I would have loved to have not talked about it because this was not really a newsworthy deal. I would I would have loved it. This just never would have come to light in the public eye because it didn't need to. I right? wish we had that much power. If we just choose to not talk about something, it'll go away. Unfortunately, we don't necessarily we don't really have that power. But yeah, it's it's out there. We got to address it. I mean, come on. I mean, we're not going to spend the whole hour on it, but we're just going to address it and move on. <laughs> Somebody said, "Think the captains will walk out with Farouk's jersey?" Oh, like they did please, Baker's. yes. And like a uh, when they did that with Baker, 2017 West Virginia game, didn't they have like a kid sized jersey? It wasn't even. It wasn't even like a replica, like a, a Baker sized jersey, right? I think it was like a small, like a youth was medium it? Gosh, or something like that jersey that they were walking out oh. with. So, uh, wow, the text line is now. Very I told divided. you, I didn't even need to say. I wasn't even going to fight it. I thought I'll just let let uh, somebody let just them said fight it. "f you, Parker." Yeah. 
Retweet. However, somebody else from the 918 said, I refuse to defend any Oklahoma drivers. I've lived here my whole life. Sioux City Sooner is not helping my agenda. He says, absolutely wrong, Parker. Every moron I encounter on the road has a Nebraska license plate. Well, my apologies on behalf of my I uh, I will say this. Uh, when I drive north to OKC every night after the show, and there's just um, random stoppages on the highway trying to get back home for nothing more than a wreck on the other side of the highway, it is uh, quite frustrating. Does that make Oklahomans bad drivers? No, not necessarily. But, God, it can be frustrating for me to drive home from time to time. Couple, so, so maybe I've cursed local drivers around here sometimes, too. A couple more from listeners up in green country. This listener says, I've driven all over the country, but by far the most in Oklahoma. Can confirm, drivers here are a dangerous mix of aggressive and clueless, with little in between. Another says, Parker, I went to college at Concordia University, Nebraska. Gosh, how I miss Nebraska oh, drivers God. now that I'm back I'm not going to deal with how awesome. Nah, no, uh-uh. no, not today. Not today. Uh, Four, my, oh. first, my first ever college visit was to Concordia University, Nebraska. Oh, you Seward. is not. We're not three-star drivers. Maybe four-star. I don't know. Five-star territory. But not three-star. I'm giving Oklahoma drivers a four-star. You're acting like Nebraska drivers are the Adrian Peterson, the no, number one no, overall five-star drivers. Far from it. But I will say. Driving in Nebraska is much easier than driving in Oklahoma or Texas. Um, Scott T. says, are we sure Farouk didn't visit Verdon? That is the worst speed trap. I'm from there. I can say that. <laughs> yes, that is that is accurate. I, I hope that's not where he was driving last night. I hope that's not the case. Jim in OKC says, retired cop here. Do not defend Oklahoma drivers. I, I will never do so, Jim in OKC. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll talk recruiting today. There's recruiting news to talk about. Oh, you got two commits last night, but come on. It's Bedlam Friday, so we'll talk about that as well. OU Cruton, Bedlam football, right here on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune on this OEC Fiber Football Friday. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and yeah, you, the ref army as well, listening nationwide via the free KREF app. Omaha, Nebraska's tuned in today, not driving around, texting, because there's such awesome drivers up there in Omaha, Nebraska. Cincinnati, Ohio is tuned in, San Jose, California, Morgantown, West Virginia, Orange Beach, Alabama, Texas City, Texas, Buffalo, New York, and our small town of the day was going to be Tonkawa, but uh, someone texted in and said Bernieville, Oklahoma is instead for our small town of the day. Bernieville, whereabouts is that? Uh, this this texter said they were driving through or from Thackerville, so I'm guessing Bernieville is down south. But okay. I, I don't know. But Bernieville, Oklahoma, our uh, small town of the day. Okay. Brought to you by uh, Affordable Door Company. They're bringing you the Ref Army Locator. They do the following. Residential garage doors, commercial garage doors, service and repair, and garage doors openers as well. AffordableDoor.net. That's AffordableDoor.net or 405-635-9499. Real quick, there, there are so many good texts. I, I wish that this was, uh, in some ways, a random day in the month of June so we could just go, go up and down the text line today. Uh, but we can't. There's a football game tomorrow and big recruiting news. But this one says... Love it or leave it, Parker. These colors don't run. Seven claim national driving championships. Got the titles to prove it. Last driving championship came in 2000, so it's been a while. But got a history of driving championships in the state, says the text line. Um, EPL and Bricks. We got to bring it up every single day, right? 
So I'm going to go about it this way today. Eddie Pierre-Louis, Grant Bricks, two four-star offensive linemen. Tell me which of these four scenarios is most likely, and tell me which of the four is least likely. Option number one, OU gets both Bricks and EPL. Option number two, they don't get either Bricks or EPL. Option number three, they get Grant Bricks only. Option number four, they get EPL only. What's most likely out of those four? What's least likely out of the four? I would say, as of right now, the most likely outcome is that they get both. And I think I'd, I would waffle a little bit because EPL has been it, – it's been a weird deal lately with that one. But I, if I had to rank them in order of likelihood, one most likely would be they get both. Second most likely would be only bricks. Third most likely would be only EPL, and least likely would be neither. Okay. So most likely they get both, least likely they get none of the two. That is my belief. I guess that's a pretty good uh, thought to have here on uh, November 3rd. And if you get both of those, we've talked about it several times, uh, that recruiting ranking is uh, only, only, going to, only going to jump because those are two – Especially EPL on rivals. Very highly rated when it comes to rivals. This is a great text from Dwayne in Prague. Say hello to Dalton Cooper, Dwayne. He says, Parker, at least Farouk didn't get pulled over for, for having a bull in the cab of a Crown Victoria. <laughs> they're, they're just all, all driving texts today thus far. I mean, we do have, when is Nate Roberts going to commit? Uh, probably not for a while. Don't expect anything imminently there. Uh E Freaky from Illinois wants to know Parker how did Nigel Smith look last night and th- that other kid, the budget Taylor Heim kid at Lovejoy going to Ohio State to play oh, for the poor man's people. Man, yeah, the budget me. Taylor Heim. Wow. Well, that's what we're calling Peyton Pierce Dude, now. Dang. Pey- Peyton Pierce is a baller. Yeah, that would have been a nice get. Peyton Pierce, it like everything you want an inside linebacker to be, that dude is. He was the best player on the football field last night. Nigel Smith was really good, too. I don't want to make it seem like Nigel Smith was just and also ran in that football game. No, he was exceedingly disruptive up front. It was kind of a surprising outcome. Melissa came in undefeated, 9-0. and Lovejoy was 8-1. and And Lovejoy just kind of handed it to Melissa. 28-7 to was the final score in that game. But in the midst of a very rough evening, top to bottom for Melissa, Nigel Smith was kind of the lone bright spot. So he like he's a top 100 player. Like and there was some talent out oh, there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He he's the guy that looks like a top 100 player on the defensive line. That's that's what that looked like. Yes. Because that's what you want, right? And not that one game defies how good or bad a kid is whatever, but yeah, if you if you got a four-star defensive lineman, a top 100 player, you want him to to look like that when you're out there. Yeah, and I would I would just add this. Regardless of whether or not you end up flipping Williams Winery, what folks that have not seen Nigel Smith ought to know is that Nigel Smith is not far off from Williams Winery. Nigel Smith is not far off from from Williams Winery. Okay, yeah. I mean, like he's he's not quite as fast, and I would say not quite as powerful. Like Winery is a better prospect than Smith, but the margin between those two is not terribly wide. I mean, you, we, I think we all know with Nigel Smith, um, is he a player that you immediately identify as, ah, he is a day one starter? No, I don't think so. But does he have a chance to 
get into the rotation next year? Well, uh, potentially, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see what he looks like when he gets into the program and who else they get maybe through the portal at that position. But you are projecting Nigel Smith to be a high-level player for you um, at, at some point in his career. That's, that's kind of what you project him as, for sure. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about this Bedlam game, man. They, and they, OU, got off to a really bad start last week. Dylan Gabriel throws a pick six early. They get down 14-0. I think we all know what type of environment OU's going to be walking into. I want this offense from the jump to be aggressive. Not overly aggressive, but I want them to be aggressive and attack that OU secondary. But with the way that that crowd is going to be tomorrow, with the level of confidence that Oklahoma State's operating with, with the style of game that they want to play, um, you, 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 can't, you can't get down early like you did last week. I think you've got to be aggressive. Look like you're the aggressor early on, man. Take the fight to them. Yeah, again. Look like you're, you're the team with the edge. Again, I feel like I've said it a dozen times this week. If Oklahoma State has to play from behind, if you put them in a hole early, I don't know if they can shake back because they're not designed to play from behind. Alan Bowman is not going to firebomb you back into a football game. With That's what it comes down to. I think OU fans should feel pretty good about that. But you're right, man. I mean, this is a this is an Oklahoma State team. What's their they, – they were down eight to Kansas, correct? And they came back and won that game. But since the winning streak started, they haven't really – haven't played from behind all that much, r- really at all, kind of outside that Kansas game and at times against uh, West Virginia. So – yeah, just 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 come. I just think this team need after last week. This team just needs a good fast start on both sides. Is probably what it comes down to more than anything. A quick score in the first you know couple of series, hit on something down the field like just the the pass game downfield pass game needs to get going early in this. When game. was the last time Oklahoma had a fast start against an opponent that I mean obviously they started hot against Arkansas State and Tulsa but who wouldn't right? I mean against Texas you get a pick on the second play of the game and you score on that possession I, don't, I mean do you want to call that a hot start because it wasn't long after where they got a punt blocked exactly exactly so it was a nice it was a nice start I don't know that I would call that a fast start uh back to the text line sooner road Rick says there's a driving school somewhere missing an NIL opportunity <laughs> there's one 405 listener that really wants you to check your DMs, Okay, Tyler. I think that's so. Tattoo Baker, but uh-huh. I, I, I'm, I'm going to get to that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> from the 501. <laughs> but the real question is, who's the better driver between Smith and Winnery? Are you, are you comfortable saying that at this point? The better I, driver? I have zero idea. We know who the four and five stars this, are on the field, but what about behind the wheel? This huh? is a phenomenal and very accurate text from Jay in Tulsa. Peyton Pierce looks like the villain in every 80s teen movie I ever saw. He's good, man. He's good, and when he committed to Ohio State four, five months ago, it was April. Yeah, we, you, there was some, some hope of okay, that was a quick decision, and maybe OU can get back in the fight and you can get him on campus. But he he committed to Ohio State back in April, and he's been he's been locked in ever well, since. And Ohio State is the number one team in the country right now, and has the number two overall defense in the country right now. So, yeah, that's just. It remains mind-boggling to me, man, because I remember the first time I ever sat down with the kid. We talked for probably an hour down there at Lovejoy High, and he said, yeah, look, man, grew up a Sooner fan, grew up going to games, got a ton of family up there in Oklahoma, uh, just love all things OU, but I always wanted to go play for Clemson because I loved Brent Venables and the way that he ran his defense, and now he's the head coach up there, and it just kind of feels like the best best of both worlds. And I'm sitting there going, 
okay, like this kid's a Sooner. <laughs> There's very little nuance to be had here. He's going to go to Oklahoma. And then for him to commit to Ohio State was one thing. For him to commit to Ohio State as early as he did. Oh, uh, yeah, that was surprising. That was, was surprising. really what took me aback. It was really surprising at the time. Jim at OKC, and he may be right about this, I think the last time OU started out fast was against OSU last year. That was a very hot start. I'll I'll tell you another game they started off fast, and I don't remember the exact score, but I remember them jumping out to a nice lead, was the very next week in Lubbock against Texas Tech. That is true. They led 24-6 in that football game. And, of course, Oklahoma State. You want to talk about a bizarre bedlam. Last year was a bizarre bedlam. Oklahoma put 28 points on the board in the first quarter. They did not score for the remainder of the football game. They only had three first downs the remainder of the football game. And there was still never a point at which the outcome of that game was seriously in doubt. Well, when's the last time we didn't have some sort of a weird bedlam? You just mentioned last year. The year before that, I mean, Lincoln Riley denies taking the LSU job, leaves the next day after all the rumors leading up to that game. 2020, I mean, it was 25% capacity. I mean, that made it weird. So really, Jalen Hurts and that 2019 team going up to Stillwater, that was the last time that... We we played this game and, and something funky didn't go on. I'm sure something crazy will happen tomorrow, two thirty on uh, ABC. Which, uh, by the way, how big of a game is this for OU? Well, ESPN says this that as of right now, and there's what a five way tie at the top for first place in the Big Twelve. As of right now, there is a 47 percent chance that OU and Texas play in the conference championship game. I think that might be a little high, but ESPN says they're running their numbers. Maybe it's the ESPN FPI, I don't know. 47% chance that we still have a Red River rematch in the Big 12 championship game. If both teams win, a 79% chance. Yeah. Um, that, that, and I would, if, if both teams win tomorrow, that's going to start looking pretty good. But a 79% chance, according to ESPN, if both teams win tomorrow, they'll play again in the Big 12 championship. Yeah, if OU and Texas win tomorrow, the only team that could even theoretically play spoiler would be Iowa State, Iowa right? State, yeah. And Iowa State has uh, Texas at home in a couple of weeks. Yes. Mm. Mm, so that's going to be an elimination. So with game. a win tomorrow, it's, it's really quite simple for OU. If you win tomorrow, you are most likely – no, you will be tied for first with someone. If you lose, you're most likely going to be tied for fourth with someone. Tied for first, tied for fourth, and you wouldn't have any head-to-head games against any of those teams down the stretch. So tomorrow is tomorrow's massive for a lot of reasons, but especially when you're starting to look at the uh, Big 12 standings here down the stretch. 405-651-3439 is the Meyer Chevrolet text line. More Bedlam, more OU Cruton next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. We've got an awesome, and I mean awesome, Friday night slate for you of high school football on KREFsports.tv. KREFsports.tv. Owasso at Norman High, Norman North at Enid, Westmore and Southmore, Edmond Memorial at Mustang, Yukon at Edmond Santa Fe, and then we got Piedmont at Carl Alberts. Four OU commits on the field for that one. And then probably the game of the week, Bixby at Jinx at uh, 7.30. You can catch all of that action, krefsports.tv. Going uh, to be a big one. Bixby by a lot over Jinx? Bixby jinx. by a lot. Yeah. No, no Jinx upset here? I would legitimately be curious to see if Carl Albert could hang with Bixby because I, I really don't think they could. 
but they're about the only team in the state that I view as capable of doing so. I mean, in that crazy, you you don't think, and I don't think that's an unpopular take that Bixby would beat Carl Albert. But we just said, man, that Carl Albert has four OU commits on its roster right now, and OU's not committing in you know the 30s, the 40s, or anything like that. They're committing in the they're they're uh, recruiting in the top five at this point. So those aren't just uh, you know just takes that they want. Like those are good takes there. Four, and you have another one. In um, what Tristan Haynes, who's a really good player as well, uh-huh. and Bixby would still beat Carl Albert potentially. That's nuts, man. That's nuts. Greg from Lawton says we lose tomorrow, and the season is a bust for a championship. Uh, national championship, yes. College football playoff, yes. And Big Twelve championship wouldn't be looking good either. It kind of does feel like, in a lot of ways, the season is tomorrow. <laughs> and I like in general. I dislike that when make it seem like and there are folks that inevitably, especially at a place like Oklahoma, make it seem like as soon as you're not playing for a college football playoff berth, your season is over. But obviously, with the way that Oklahoma looked following the Texas game, with as easy as that slate looked the remainder of the season, I shouldn't say easy, but as navigable as it looked the remainder of the season – it is going to be a disappointment if on the heels of the Texas game you lose two out of the next three and knock yourself out of playoff contention because it was and when is you were seven and oh and you all right make there it. in front of you. Yeah, yeah. when you were seven and oh and you don't even make it to the conference championship game, it would be a massive disappointment because remember what we talked about a lot this offseason, you needed momentum going into the SEC, especially after a six and seven year. And you had it, man. You had it early in the year, especially after that win after over Texas. And if you win tomorrow, then you kind of reset and say, all right, you're 8-1, and one, favorable three-game stretch. You've got the easiest path to the Big 12 championship at this point. Tomorrow just means so much for so many reasons. So go out, be the aggressor, and go win that football game. Go win it. Go win it on the road. What about the injury front? Main topic of conversation this week. Bowman, or excuse me, Peyton Bowen, Tawie Walker, Danny Stutzman, Gentry Williams. I did see an on-three story today that said, Stuntsman, not Stutzman, Stuntsman, doubtful. Now, that was like an on-three national story, so I'm not necessarily going to read too much into that. I just thought it was funny that they spelled his last name Stuntsman and said he was doubtful. But is there any feel, what, right at about 24 hours away from kickoff, anything on Bowen, Tawi, Stutzman, or Gentry? I expect Gentry to play. I expect Tawi to play. I expect Bowman to play, or I, Bowen, excuse me, to play. I just, I don't know how many snaps that is. I don't know if they still have the kid gloves on him. Stutzman is kind of the big question mark. And again, given what Brent said earlier this week, I really don't think we will know until we all show up to Stillwater. And they might not even know until Stutzman goes through warmups. Uh, from the nine one eight, how can Carl Albert be have so many highly touted recruits and not be able to beat Bixby? Is it coaching? It is yes. Def- it's, it's, yes. No. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Come on, Carl Albert's got great coaching. It's just Bixby just has just an incredible amount of depth, man. That's well, that's Bixby really has what it depth, is. and Bixby has Lauren. Montgomery. Oh, and Lauren and, Montgomery's on. He'll, he's yeah. going to go down as one of the greatest head coaches in the in the state. But Carl Albert's got. Yeah, you know, Carl Albert's had a good staff for a long yeah, time. No, they do, they do. But you want to talk about the reason why Bixby has been head and shoulders above everybody else in Oklahoma the last five, six, seven years? It's coaching. It's coaching because that's the only way you can make sense of what Laura Montgomery has been able to do with 
power five players here and there and not littered all over his offense and defense. They had Luke Haz. They had Braylon Presley for a minute. But other than that, man, that's not a program that has been rife with P5 dudes. But you're not giving Carl Albert coaching slander. Oh, are no, you here? no, no, okay. no. I'm just making sure. Not. I'm not a Carl Albert fan or a Carl Albert grab, but I thought I was going to have to stick up for uh, – CA and what they've been doing for a long time out there with old Coach Rose. 405, uh, oh jeez, here we go. This is to uh, Marcus James and Trene Washington. They are three stars, come on. Only OSU recruits three stars, especially Oklahoma kids where the competition isn't that good. You know that. So, so what, we, we're talking about two commits they got yesterday and you can't be excited about it because they're currently ranked as three stars as juniors in high school well they're three stars on rivals i think on three has trenay washington as a four star like really guys come on they're juniors in high school guess what their rankings will change by the time they get to signing day of their senior year they're three stars right now i would say it's probably likely that both end up being four stars by the time it's all said and done please do not quibble about rankings right now because let's go on down the list which guys weren't ranked or were ranked three stars at this time last year and ended up being blue chip commits in Oklahoma's class? I'm just going to go down the list. Michael Bowdowski wasn't even close to being ranked. Devin Jordan, not even close to being ranked. Uh, Reggie Powers, he was a three star at that time. Eli Bowen, he was a three star at that time. Michael Patterson McDonald. Didn't even have an offer. People act like if you're a three-star, you suck. I mean, I I, I made a three-star list last June or July of three-stars in this program the past 20 years. There were a lot of names. I think it took up an entire segment to list all the names. And again, like I'm just listing off the names of guys that became four-star players later on after being either unranked or three-star dudes at this point in the process. So their rankings will change. Their rankings will improve. Please do not conclude, oh, guys, junior in high school is a three-star. How good can he realistically be? Watch the tape, please. Yeah, uh, At least watch the tape. I if you want to watch the tape and tell me I still think he's a three-star talent, then I'll go, okay, you know what? Like, That's fine. That's a fair opinion to hold. I, uh, I actually uh, accidentally mentioned Coach Rose there with Carl Albert. Met Coach Dunn, but uh, Carl Albert, great staff. And, yep, catch them on krefsports.tv tonight against Piedmont that's uh I'll I'll be watching that I'll be watching um I'll be watching Bixby and Jinx as well that's uh, gonna be two pretty fun games coming up this evening someone else asked any new information on the defensive end offer yesterday and I'm guessing that you're talking about Antonio Alfano the former Alabama five-star you were saying yesterday that you don't think that offer is legit he is going to be at Ole Miss this weekend Anything more on if that offer is actually legit or not? He's at Lackawanna now in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I, I have not been able to glean any additional information on that, which the absence of such information would lead me to believe that uh, it, everything doesn't entirely add up there. Now, maybe the offer is legit, but like I, nothing I have heard and or been told suggests to me that Oklahoma is going to be a legit player for Antonio Alfano. Hmm. Isaiah Mosey dropped the top eight uh, Tuesday. I think that was the day that you were gone. Josh and I talked about it a little bit. Uh, OU Missouri, Oregon. Maybe more OU Missouri than Oregon in the uh, three for Isaiah Mosey, the OU legacy. So you are. 25. Yeah. OU Oregon. Those are the two schools. All right. 405 651 3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More Bedlam, more OU Cruton coming up next right here on the ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. 
bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. They've got half-price oil changes on Saturday. Go see him out there in El Reno. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC. Uh, in case you missed the uh, opening segment of the show, yes, we did cover the double dip that happened at Coral Albert last night. Marcus James commits to OU, and then he essentially says, hey, I've got someone coming with me. Trene Washington walks up. He puts on the OU hat as well. So OU gets two commits from Carl Albert in 2025 during the same ceremony. That's four Carl Albert commits now on that team they have this year. Xavier Robinson being the lone 2024 prospect. So I guess now we're waiting on the uncommitted Carl Albert Titan, the four-star corner Tristan Haynes. Where does OU stand with Tristan Haynes? I mean... I like where they stand with Tristan Haynes. I think there are a couple hurdles to clear, and that's why you haven't seen a decision from him as early as you have with some of the other guys. But, uh, no, every conversation I've ever had with Tristan Haynes about his recruitment, you know, it all, it all kind of comes back to OU. So I find it hard to believe in the end that that kid is the black sheep, the odd man out, when literally all the other guys with scholarship offers – in his locker room or going to Oklahoma. Kevin Sperry ain't going to make that happen. K-Ref Recruiter of the Month candidate, Kevin Sperry. He ain't going to let that happen. K-Ref Recruiter of the Month front runner, Kevin Sperry. Mm. Yeah, he is. What you got, Beedenbo? You got Bricks or EPL? You're going to need one of those to win K-Ref Recruiter of the Month in the month of November. Or it's going to be Kevin Sperry. By the way, Tristan Haynes, the number four player in the state, according to Rivals, He's got a obviously an OU offer, a Bama offer, Miami offer, Kansas State offer, uh, A and M offer, Oklahoma State offer. He's got a pretty good, uh, pretty good offer list there. So we'll see if OU can close with the uh, with the four star corner there at uh, Carl Alberts. Nine one eight annual PSA reminder: Rivals had Brendan Radley Hiles as a five star top twenty national player. Yeah. Essentially saying, yeah, Marcus James and Trene Washington are three stars. It doesn't always work out the way that they're rated. And again, those kids are juniors. Their rankings will change. Buki, man. What a guy. What a guy. What a year that was in 2020. Yeah, Ronnie Perkins essentially stood over the quarterback, but it was Buki that got <laughs> penalized during that game, right? In, in, in Bedlam it that year. It seemed like he got penalized every single week for something stupid. Has he gotten penalized at USC yet on the sideline? I Is he still know. getting unsportsmanlike I... penalties? Hopefully so. Hopefully it happens uh, Saturday against Washington. That's what I'm really rooting for, other than a uh, Washington win on Saturday. I've seen some OU fans saying, uh, should I root for Muleshoe and USC? Ooh. No. What well, if... well, no. Just, just, uh, it, Washington, Like they got to play Oregon again, most likely. It'll take care of itself. Don't stoop down that far and go go root for those what guys. What if Buki is Muleshoe's secret weapon this weekend? Because you remember where Buki played. Oh, he did play at Washington. His uh-huh. uh, was it his final year, uh-huh. his final two years. I think it was just one year. Then he tried to make the jump to the NFL, mm-hmm. and that kind of fell flat on its face. But what if Buki is the one who's sharing all of the intel on the way what? Washington does things? Well, I guess it's a new staff. It'll be the best defense they've had out there all year long if uh, Buki's any sort of a difference maker since he played there. Hey, um, before you get out of here. We, we, we've been talking about all week what OU needs to do offensively, what they need to do better, what they need to call. 
But do you think OU is going to get more aggressive offensively in this game? Are they going to throw the deep ball more? What's or is it just going to be more of the same? What's it going to look like? I would I would think Oklahoma comes out of the shoot a little bit more aggressive because you have to imagine this coaching staff has heard the outside noise too. And Venables himself said it on his coach's show that he wished they'd have taken more shots down the field, been more aggressive, and so when it's obvious that you need to do more of that and the public is clamoring for it, odds are you're going to come out and make that happen the next time you hit the gridiron. By the way, <laughs> gosh, now people are sending in boogie texts. But somebody asked, and it's been asked a couple of times already throughout the day, will Isaiah Autry be dropped now that he's visiting Ole Miss? Uh, no. No. You can throw that one in the same nothing burger pile as Zion Kearney's trip to Texas A&M. Basically, Autry is just – Tagging along with some teammates to the Grove. That kid's locked in with OU, has never really flirted with anybody else. The OU staff is aware of the visit. They're not really bothered by it. Uh, any and, and the answer to this may be no, not really, um, but any recruiting impact in this game tomorrow? Not in terms of individual prospects, but maybe a big picture. Like, is any recruiting impact whatsoever for OU's game on the road? Win to maintain the margin between yourselves and Nebraska with Grant Bricks. That's what you got to do. So that's what it is. That to me is as simple as that. And UCF as well, I guess, with Eddie Pierre. Well, sure, that too. But more specifically, Bricks. Yeah. Because winning winning could loom a lot larger in the Bricks recruitment than it could with EPL. Yeah, it'd be weird to uh, have to say this tomorrow, and hopefully it's not the case, but if Nebraska wins tomorrow and OU loses. Oh, boy. Oh, you would only have one more win than Nebraska on the year? Nebraska went undefeated in the month of October. Nebraska could get to bowl eligibility tomorrow. How about that? On the road at Michigan State. All right, the rush is coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We are the Homeless Cedar fans.